Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Hey everyone, welcome to That's How I Roll. I'm Jeremiah Isley. I'm your host today for episode 48, titled The Aftermath. Let's go ahead and just jump into this one right away. So here's today's rundown for the show. It's going to be a pretty simple show today. We're going to review real quickly what's good in the neighborhood and just revisit the aftermath of the house fire at the Isley household and just kind of give you guys an update on that following up the episode previously, which was a very low pro low production style uh, episode where I kind of gave you the lowdown of what's going on and just kind of wanted to follow that up as we get ready to continue to move forward with all the things that are going on in life. And I also, I'm very, very excited and I hope it it turns out well. We are going to have a brand new segment on the show today called Game Night Review. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and jump and talk about what's good in the neighborhood and the aftermath. So we moved into a rental home. This is a house that is, I guess we've been describing it as sort of a vacation house where you're not really on vacation and you don't really wanna be there. (laughs) We have minimal belongings with us, minimal clothes and a bunch of rental furniture that our insurance company moved in and dishes and plates and cups and silverware and all that stuff just kind of showed up as we did uh, on the day that we moved in just about a week or so ago and um, it's it's nice I mean it's it's a nice house and uh, we're we're fine here but it's just that weirdness of being in a neighborhood that's not really the neighborhood that we want to be in. It's not home at all, uh, but we are making the best of it. And um, the first couple days were really, really hard, especially on on the boys. Really on, I guess, really on all of us. We uh, we we took some time to kind of get adjusted to this sort of temporary normal, as I like to call it. And uh, we're just we're hoping that uh, the process continues to move along. Our house is, it's crazy. I I go over there just about every day to see the progress that's being made. And um, our floors are all torn up. There's a large portion of our bedroom floor that's cut away. Like you could just jump right into the basement from it. It's bizarre. Uh, The game room area and, and the office area where I do most of my recording in the basement is just, it's a shambles. All the carpeting's ripped out and the ceilings have been torn out and, uh, it is just, it's crazy. It's, um, it's a whole lot of renovation happening in our house, which I guess in the long run, we're kind of looking at the silver linings on all of this. In the long run, it'll be great. Everything will be probably better than it was before, and especially our electricity. But uh, it's it's just a 
a very bizarre situation. It's been hard to kind of go through all this stuff. We're daily finding, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that. I, I, the, the things that we kind of need day to day. And so there's just been countless trips to the store and, and things like that, trying to track receipts and, and all of that. I just say all that to say uh, thanks for um, people who have reached out. I had a chance to go on the Tuesday night podcast. My good friends, Alan and Sean, had me on, and we talked about the fire and the whole story of everything uh, at pretty good length. And then we also had a, a fun little conversation just about, you know, what games would you pull out of your house if your house was on fire? So if you want to go back and take a listen to that, it's it's an episode or two back on, on their Uh, show on the Tuesday night podcast. Before we go any further, I want to move on to this new segment. So welcome to the first ever game night review. I like the dice. Dice are nice. Tonight's game night review is of Hide. That's Hidden Identity Dice Espionage from Mayday Games. Welcome to game night. Let's jump in. Did you already mess it up? Yeah, this game's got a lot to it. So this is actually, this card is just given to you because people can take it. It's it's gonna okay. be money, this rank Are card. we allowed to look at it? It doesn't matter what it is. It's just money. It wasn't, that much there are two ways to win hide one is to rank yourself up as a secret agent to become legendary or two to be the richest agent at the end of three rounds my favorite part about this rule book i'll just tell you right away how to win first page <laughs> this game, it's kind of, thematically, it's kind of weird the way that it works. Okay. We're having hidden identities based upon what kind of mission we're going to go for. That's AJ. He's kind of our professor of the game group. He is a teacher by trade, so he loves to learn games and also teach them. And that's great, because that means that's less work for me. First thing we do is we place uh, what's called intel cards. Intel cards are going to gain you money over here, okay? And then choose the identity dice. We'll all choose at random an identity dice. We've got to keep the color secret, and we've got to keep whatever symbol we pick secret. All right, so you're going to pick which mission you're going to go for. So we're looking out here. So nobody knows what you have. They don't know that your dice is purple, nor do they know that you picked the summary. So at this point, players have one rank card on their player board. They have a gadget on their on their player board that helps them do things during the round, and they've just selected which mission they're going for based on what's on the center board where all these intel cards are saying, hey, if you go to this mission, you're going to get this much money. Now the game kind of starts, the, the rounds start, and we start by creating a dice pool. The dice pool is created by drawing one more die than there are players in the game, and rolling them, and then we start selecting them. Now here's where the game gets tricky. You can place the dice in two places. You can place it in front of your screen, or you can place it on top of your screen. If you place it in front of your screen, to place your selected die on your secret hideout board, that's this, in front of your player screen, it cannot be any of the features that your identity dice is. So one thing we noticed here was that the rulebook said in front of your player's screen, but actually where that hideout spot is on your board 
is more off to the side. But what's going to happen is when you place a die there, is you're saying that that I the mission that I'm going for and the die that I've hidden is neither this color nor is it this icon. So you're giving out a little bit of information here. Uh, you got your red dice here that's a gun. Now if you choose a gun, you're allowed to choose it and it doesn't matter if it matches or not. If you're choosing a gun, you're basically saying you're choosing not to confirm any of your identity. So if you caught that, the gun is actually a, a strong pass. You can take that gun, put it down, and you're not giving away anything, which is a really great move. And guns usually go, they're the first to go in a round. But the other choice you can do is you can place die on top of your screen. To place die on top of your screen, it must share at least one trait with your identity die. Color, icon, or both. If your selected die is showing the gun icon, you must change it to the icon of your choice. So placing a die on top of your screen gives away a lot more information than putting it in your hideout, but there's a distinct advantage. If you place your selected die on top of your player screen, you have stepped out of the shadows just long enough to make an immediate assassination attempt on one of your fellow players. Select one of your fellow players and verbally guess the color and the icon of their identity dice. If your guess is correct, the target or player reveals his or her identity dice by lifting their player screen. They are now eliminated from the current round, thus no longer an active player. So placing it on top of your player screen gives you that assassination attempt. And when you successfully assassinate someone, you get their rank cards as intel, which is money at the end of the game. But you also get to draw another rank card and add it to your rank. So you went from rank one to rank two. Every time you assassinate another player, you gain a rank. You hit five and you're legendary. You win the game. But the problem is, is if you get shot, you're back down to rank zero. And that's basically how a round works. You're gonna, each player is gonna be the active player drawing dice out, rolling them, and then selecting. The round will always end with an extra die, and then you're gonna move on to completing your missions. So basically you complete your mission if you survive to the end and you were able to place four dice either on top of your player screen or in your hideout or a combination thereof. Next thing that happens is everybody's going to reveal their dice and say what mission they were going for. If you're the only one that was going for a particular mission, great. You get the intel cards. You also get to rank up because you completed that mission. If you're not the only one going for that mission, hopefully you've got some dice on top of your player screen because you're gonna need them for the shootout. The shootout. Each player, um, if two people go for the same thing, we have a shootout. If each player participating in the shootout uses, they each use all the dice on top of their screen. Whoever rolls more hits wins. And with that, we're ready to play. Those are our starting intel cards. We've got our starting ranks. I'm gonna be the starting player. Army base. So one thing that we noticed is right away, every decision has a lot of weight to it. What mission you're gonna go for right out of the gate. Are you gonna go for the one that's worth the most money? Or you think everybody else is going for that, so you're maybe going middle of the road. 
lots of decisions to be made there. You blindly pull that that die out and then decide which icon for which mission you're going to go for, and the game is on. Okay, so we've all selected our mission, correct? Yeah. Yep. Don't change it now, because I'd be cheating. Here we go. All right, so we've got some guns. Look at that. Nice to have a player aid. I'm not ready to tell you fools anything. So it's my turn. But if you were to put a gun up top, you'd have to turn it. So the first round just ended up being more or less an exercise in reiterating the rules and getting the mechanics down of how the game works. You're still making those heavy decisions, you're still trying to figure everything out, but you're still kind of wrestling with the mechanics of putting a die in front, putting a die on top, and what all that means. That is, by putting a gun there, you're not telling anybody. I realize that, but if it was a satellite, you're telling them it's you're telling them it's not blue and it's not okay a satellite. As that first round came to an end, we had really kind of started to catch on, and there were assassination attempts happening, and lots of sideways stares becoming the appropriate way to look at somebody as you're trying to figure out why they're placing dice where they are placing dice, and it really started to catch on and become fun. I, I'm liking it now. <laughs> I'm going to say Yellow Army. Yeah. Oh! Okay, so you and I are left in the round, and the round is so over. So I get his rank cards? You get both his rank cards. So our first round didn't end in a shootout because there were only two of us left, and we were going for different ones. But now we get to move on to the second round, and the stakes get higher. Now these are gonna stay. Now the cool thing about these next ones is we ramp them up. So all the dice go back into the bag. So that was one of four rounds? One of three. One of three. We also noticed after that first round, the subtle strategies of how you gain rank cards and the importance of keeping them and trying to survive in a shootout. So Matt and I don't replenish our rank cards as we lost them. No, because that means you got shot and you lost your rank and you have to earn it back. Yeah. So you would get a shootout. If you do a shootout, you need to take, you could take mine or both of his. Right. In an assassination. Or or even if you beat him in a shootout, you would still draw one. This game is cooler than it looks on the the surface. Yeah. So this is cool. After making a successful assassination attempt in the first round, and also completing a mission, I kind of became the front runner going into the second round and the dynamic changes because you're gonna find out that people are gonna start gunning for you. So I kind of went on the offensive and one thing that can happen is you can make a really lucky guess pretty early in the round. Yeah, this game's kind of cool. All right, let's see. Red submarine. What? Terrible this game. That's awesome. I'm so, so I get so a, bad at this game. I get a rank card. And so from there, the assassination attempts got more and more frequent. Uh, what did you guess? Oh, you don't have to tell him that. Purple satellite. Do Purple biohazard. I'm gonna go with a yellow biohazard. No. 
As you would guess with a game like this, the meta game becomes so strong and it really starts to take over the mood and the tone, which makes it a lot more fun depending on who you're playing with. I'm making my own guesses in my head what people have. Okay. <laughs> Are you writing them down? Is that what you're doing over there? <laughs> I got my guess with there too. I'm trying to know what you got. I kind of want to hear his guesses after we so even though some players are out early it does pay to stay locked in and try to figure out strategies that people are using and kind of climb inside their heads so you can maybe get that advantage for the next round all right here we go reveal okay wait wait let me guess i want to hear his guesses purple no purple army base purple army base um red submarine i had the purple helmet warrior purple army base (laughs) Yellow submarine. Yellow submarine. Blue. I, I say purple. I meant to say blue. I All right, really Matt. Say blue. I got shoot you out. At the close of round two, we had our first shootout. Okay. Here we go. We're yeah. shooting out. Right there. Well, yeah, you guys are going up. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Bummer. One. Ah! So after the first two rounds, I had ranked up pretty high, and I was starting to play it safe because I figured I'm ahead in the intel. And I don't want to give away a lot about what I'm doing, so I'm going to play it safe. Alright, so we got one more round. The catch-up mechanism becomes really strong when you play it safe and you don't have anything to use in a shootout. Choosing the mission was super critical for this round for me, because I knew if I went for the obvious low one to totally just play it safe there's a good chance that they would guess which one I was going for. Just trying to figure out the right mission to go for that would throw them off. That continued to play out because they guessed almost every turn trying to figure out what mission I was going for. See, you don't need to go for a lot. You're either a submarine or an army base. Those missions weren't worth a lot this round. This is that metagame coming in. Because you have so much stuff over there already. Good. Somebody Just take his rank cards. Just keep thinking that. I know you're a submarine or army base. Just you're definitely not a biohazard. I was a yellow army base. So you're red. He's just going to sit pretty over there and not reveal one thing. He doesn't have that to. That doesn't mean anything. As that last round wound down, it was pretty much all-out assassination attempt on me. I know. We gotta, let's narrow it down to Jeremiah here. Come on, let's get him. So, has anybody guessed anything on him so far? Red satellite. satellite. That was that. My deductive reasoning is he's got a satellite because he's not, he's doing satellites, he doesn't put any up there, and therefore he's gonna hit anybody knows if he doesn't use that. It doesn't say anything about table talk either, so we're allowed to share that if we choose. Yellow satellite. No. (laughs) Okay. Oh, he's probably got the army base. As you know, I totally did have the army base. You really have to work that poker face to not give away anything. Again, on my turn, I just started placing dice again in my hideout so I could give away as little information as I wanted to. Because I wasn't expecting to have to win in a shootout. He doesn't need to, I hate it. (laughs) It really came down to the last turns of the game before anybody really knew who was going to win. And I was able to 
play it well enough to keep everybody guessing and not really have a strong idea of what mission I was going for, so I was able to stay in the round through to the end. So we're going to guess blue satellite. No, no, I take that back. Why are you guys guessing satellite? He doesn't need satellites. You guys, you idiots! <laughs> he only needs to score on these little ones over here. Oh, no. It's not satellite at all. I'm going to be the idiot when it is a satellite. Um, we're going to go with another yellow submarine. We don't live in the <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a red satellite? No. Oh, that's it. That was your last guess, huh? At this point, it's the big reveal of what exactly I did select. But also, then we had to do the shootout between myself and two other players because we all selected the same mission that we were going for. Oh! Guys, it worked for once. (laughs) (laughs) So. So, three of us went after Army. Oh, man. This is where my strategy nearly sunk me. Playing it safe in the third round just because I had a nice lead and a a good amount of rank cards really almost came back to lose the game for me in the end. (laughs) I don't have anything to shoot out. That's why I figured he was going for satellites. He didn't have anything to shoot with, so he would have at least one with a satellite to shoot with. I knew he was going for these two because he'd win. So there I was between two players having a shootout and I didn't have a gun in the fight. Zero guns. You get one. So whoever you Gun, two guns! So you got it. basically what you were betting there was no one else would go with army base. Yeah. And that you were gonna be able to sweep it. Wait, so I won that, what do I get? It turned out Luke, who won that showdown, had actually never survived the first two rounds. But because of all of the rank cards that he won by winning that shootout, he scored up into second place $1,000 behind me, which is the smallest increment. So the catch-up mechanism, if you don't play it right, it very well could have cost me the game and probably should have. Because we're not basing it upon rank, we're basing it upon money, which he might have just won this game. (laughs) He could have. At 21. 27. You did come back for the win? Uh, no, uh, you got 28. 28. So that's hide, hidden identity, dice espionage. Neat. This game was really cool. That was, that was entertaining. I did not do well. We had a lot of fun with this game. Just a lot of laughs as we played it. And not all games are perfect, obviously. When it comes to dice games, there is a chance for some oh, random yeah. chaos to take over. <laughs> How funny was that? I guess that's the only downside to this game is you can get taken out on like a totally like blind guess. Yeah. And but the chances are highly unlikely. It's unlikely, but it's, it can happen. The game plays three to five players, and with the way the board works, there's only four missions available. So we all thought that that could bring up some interesting situations. See, though, if you have five, like... Well, five makes it really frequently interesting. Because there's only four that can be taken, mm-hmm. so... Somebody's going to be shooting out. If crowded, there's going to be yeah. a shootout, yeah. All in all, we really enjoyed it. Sorry. 
It was a really unique, bluffing, fun, fun game. We really enjoyed Hyde. Check it out. It's from Mayday Games. It's time for the feedback loop. Get in on the conversation by tweeting the show at Theology of Games or emailing theologyofgames at gmail.com. Well, I want to thank you all for listening so much. I appreciate it. Um, We've just, again, everybody's reached out to us. We've had such an amazing uh, outpouring and overwhelming uh, amounts of generosity shown towards us in this time. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't have a conventional feedback loop this week, but I've had a lot of different readers and listeners reach out and saying, hey, I heard you lost your games. I've got this, I've got that, I can help you out. And I really appreciate that. The good news is as the process goes along, our, our insurance is kicking in, so a lot of the stuff that we lost will be replaced. Hopefully the sentimental stuff I'll be able to kind of clean or salvage in some kind of way. We're, we're hoping for that. Um, but I just wanted to thank um, Delton and the Joshes and uh, Ben and all the folks who, who have written in and or tweeted or texted. It's just been, it's been so cool to, uh, you know, people that I, I really haven't even met in any kind of way just saying, hey, what can I do? How can we help you? Um, just kind of feeling that pain with us and, and walking alongside us in this. So thank you so much. Uh, I would love to hear your feedback on the new segment. Trust me, it's a lot of work to do that. So it's probably not going to be my standard review format. And obviously there's a lot of work to refining it, but I hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback on it. Please uh, write me at theologyofgames at gmail.com. Tweet at me at theologyofgames. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us there. Um, And if you really, really liked what you heard, or maybe if you just kind of liked what you heard, it'd be so awesome if you subscribed on iTunes. You can give us a rating and a review there too. Man, that'd be so great. I really, really appreciate that. That really helps us kind of climb those rankings and and ratings boards and everything and just lets more people know what we're doing here on Theology of Games and with this show. So all the all the shares and likes and all that stuff are always, always greatly appreciated. So thank you so much for that. And with that, I'm going to sign off. So hey, I'm really glad that you came along this week. Stay tuned for more next week. But for now, I'm Jeremiah Isley, and that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.